Hi, everyone. Welcome to Blidiots. It's Monday, January 6th. I'm your host, Kevin, and I'm here with the mildly informed equal opportunity offenders, Shira and Dan, to discuss U.S. politics with facts left unchecked and much to be desired. We are live in our studio in Studio City, California. So let's get started. Hey, Shira. Hey, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Dan. Hello, everyone. Oh, your voice sounds a lot better. You were sick over New Year's. I was, and I'll tell you why right off the bat. I hate to offend her. I really like her, but the mom brought the five-year-old kid who was hawking loogies, and she walked in the door, and I was like, that kid's going to get me sick. Here we go. Because you were kissing a five-year-old again. (laughs) Just Well, let's tell everyone about who was trying to kiss on you. So here's the thing. We already did a post-New Year's episode where we kind of talked about on New Year's. We're playing with time travel here. Okay. Is this like Avengers-style time travel, or is it Back to the Future-style? Tuck Everlasting. Not Marvel, but more... um, Literary. Yeah. Okay. So like Mark Twain-style time travel? Let's just be honest here. We did pre-record a few things, and now... (laughs) But now we're live. Now we really are. We're in 2020 when we record this now. Kevin on New Year's Eve had an experience that could qualify as sexual misconduct with a Z-lister. Serious misconduct. And I wouldn't say Z-lister, more... A list removed. A list removed. Like a cousin. Yeah. If if it were an office workspace, she would be written up by HR. She would be fired by HR. Well, you you get one write up and then you get fired. Well, she was threatening him. Yeah, I I, I was actually told. I wasn't even there, and I know. Truly. I think you should describe who she is and how before well, you name we can't, her. Because we can't. I'm not. I'm definitely not. Yeah, describe we're, we're not doing is. that. Oh, yeah, no way. Sh- that's a shame. No, 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 that's this woman who's. Skirt it as best you can because otherwise we're not putting it in there. This woman who performed sexual misconduct or attempted to on Kevin is somebody from, I believe, the early aughts. She worked as a domestic worker for a high-level A-lister who had a love child with her. That's fair. That's a good account. And his last name rhymes with... (laughs) (laughs) So... So anyway, she truly, as far as misconduct goes, and thankfully I'm a strong dude who did hit, not fear. <laughs> a strong, <laughs> independent dude. Who did not fear for my safety, but I was told literally the word, the R word. The rape word. Yeah, I was told I'm going to rape you, and I was told that over and over again. Imagine how it feels for women. That was yeah, not it, cool. It was kind of fucked up because like... If now I'm, you think it's fucked well, up. If you don't I, think it's fucked yeah, up when it's a woman. No, it's not at yeah, all for a woman. It's fucked up because if a man says that to a woman, that's like, holy shit, you got to get the fuck out of here. But if a woman does it, it's like, it's still fucked up, but it's, it's more a societally acceptable, I guess. It was acceptable. Had, that, had a guy said that to me and I was a girl somebody would have tackled that person yeah, and of thrown that person out the I'm door. surprised no I, one came to your defense. Uh, my friends knew that I was pretty ready to defend myself in the situation. Know, and they actually were suggesting that she meet me at my house. And gave the address? They did a couple of times. Yeah. For all we know, she could have shown up and they could have had a good time. I mean, and she has all that domestic work experience, so you could have a cleaner home. Look how clean my house is right now. Thank you. <laughs> well, there's a lot of towels on the chair that need to be put away. I think that the guy that she had the affair with is also vertically challenged. <laughs> okay. We're going <laughs> to move on to politics. There, there's a big pile of folded laundry on your uh, massage chair in your living room, Kevin. <laughs> she was here, wasn't she? All right. First comment of the evening is Bernie's rise. And that's a great segue 
Bernie's rise, it sounds like Bernie is having an erection, pulling in the polls. He's for the first couple of states. Did you hear this before or after our attack on Iran? I heard this a uh, day and a half ago, so it was before Iran. Yeah, I think that makes a huge difference. The latest polls have him ahead in New Hampshire by a couple points and slightly ahead in Iowa, but really tied with Biden and Buttigieg, which is interesting. Buttigieg was winning. But I think this is all irrelevant given this conflict we've started with Iran, because if we go to war, Bernie Sanders is an anti-war leader. And if we're already enmeshed in some kind of international conflict or world war, that is exactly what Trump and well, his administration... Well, you're changing the subject. Should we talk about the polls a little bit? or should but, we... but I'm saying is, are the polls relevant anymore? Yeah, well, hell I... yeah. Who's no, going to be our next president? No, but I mean like the polls of the... the... <laughs> I'm so surprised to hear this enthusiasm from you. The information you have coming out before our whole world changed. What, they're not going to stop doing polls? No, I'm not saying polls need to stop, but those results are probably changed dramatically. Let's go back. Okay, okay sure. Okay, okay. Let's go back two days before the Iran affair. Conflict. Conflict. And talk about the polls and where they were and where things could be scheduled to go based on those polls. Fair enough. Yeah, so these polls were done up until somewhere around January 3rd or January 5th. And like I said, Bernie is ahead by a couple points in New Hampshire, and he is ever so slightly ahead of Biden and Pete Buttigieg, who are both tied in Iowa. Uh, Biden actually came up. Pete's been going down in Iowa. Okay, so Bernie is getting more and more support. I want to ask, financially speaking, yeah. are you still getting texts as I am on my phone asking for Bernie money, Bernie support? And if so, have you given any money to Bernie? I've never gotten any texts from Bernie. I always, I always cancel and unsubscribe to them. Every time you donate, you get re-signed up for the emails. If you reply stop via text, they'll stop. I, I give to Bernie regularly. How hmm. much have you given in total? Probably hundreds for my button sales. I sell a lot of Bernie buttons. Maybe a couple hundred dollars. Oh, you donate all the proceeds from Bernie buttons to no, Bernie? No, not all of them. Just some portion, whatever I deem necessary. Six, six, six dollars. <laughs> I like to give it in smaller increments so it brings his individual uh -huh. donation average, you know, doesn't make it too high. Okay, so Bernie is on his way up in those cities before what just happened in the Iran conflict. So let's just get right into the Iran conflict. Iran, not Iran. So the Iran conflict is Trump hired the hit, essentially, on the senior, junior leader, general of Iran. He's the leader. He was the leader He's of... He's the highest-ranking military official, right? He was the leader of the Iran Revolutionary Guard. I don't know if they're official military. They're, like, paramilitary. They're tasked with protecting the revolution of iran so i think they're, they're like blackwater no maybe they're the equivalent of the ss to the nazis something like that but they also do stuff externally but they are controlled or directed by the supreme leader of iran i don't think that they have like a you know a military hierarchy so so that guy was considered the second most powerful man in iran so for all intents and purposes he was a very senior military leader. I'm so glad you did not say for all intensive purposes. Don't There's a whole bunch of those. Phrase. You can see them usually in Forever 21. So, but, but irregardless, down, yeah. but irregardless, I do <laughs> want to Irregardless, I think, is something so ridiculous that it's now okay to use for emphasis. So you're saying I'm not a politiot. You're a total fucking politiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Trump orders this hit, which is essentially a hit on the senior guy. And 
And he does it without alerting Congress and gives a heads up to Russia beforehand. Okay, so I did explain to my sister my thoughts on this. Here's how I imagine this conversation going. At night, like when they're under the covers? Yeah, well, this is Trump with... um, No, 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 not with Russia. Did he tell Russia? I I heard he told Israel. Israel. No, Russia. It was Russia. Okay, both. Either one. It doesn't matter. So here's what I imagine happening on our side, specifically in the U.S. My imagination in a conversation between Pompeo and Trump was Trump saying, okay, so who is this guy? Pompeo says, well, here's who the guy is. Trump says, well, do we have to... We're going to eventually have to get rid of this guy, right? And Pompeo says, yeah, eventually we're going to have to get rid of this guy. And Trump says, well, why am I delaying? Let's just do it Uh, now. Let's just do it now. And then Pompeo says, well, we can get him to the table, and that's what everybody wants. We can have a diplomatic solution to what's happening. And Trump says, but I don't trust any of them. So why am I going to wait for a diplomatic solution when they're going to make a deal with us and they're going to fucking fail? Am I going to kill him eventually? Yes. All right, go kill him, and I'll deal with the fallout later. That is how I feel and like the, the conversation the, went. That's, that's there, it. It's there, like, all right, done, done. I'm done. I'm done with it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Go kill the guy. We'll figure out what's going to happen next. I think you made it a little kinder, if you will. I heard that he was given three scenarios, and the third one being to kill him was the kind of the, the wild card, and he took it. Yeah, that's what because I heard. Because he wanted to clean up really quickly because he had success with the previous assassination. These are scenarios that are presented to the Daily Show and to the public, but I feel that in private quarters, that is the kind of informal conversation that goes on. Am I supposed to kill him now or are we going to kill him later? Okay. Kill him whenever you want, but we're going to kill him eventually. I don't agree with that. I, this I'm guy, not saying you agree or disagree, but I think that's This that's guy was a high-ranking military official. I think for any other president... It would be out of the question. We can't just kill other countries' military commanders. That's kind of insane. That's an assassination. It is. We assassinated a high-ranking general of a foreign nation. Yeah, I don't think... Preemptively, based on rumor. Yeah, it wasn't even preemptive. There was nothing to preempt. I don't think... If Obama was sitting in the war room with Biden... And Biden said, look, we're going to kill this guy eventually one way or another. Do you want to kill him now or you want to kill him later? Or we can diplomatically try to get a deal on the table. What do you think Obama, Obama would have but, done? But now you're adding— No, no, I'm asking the question. What do you think Obama would have done? But, but you're adding opinion. You're, you're saying that they would say we're going to kill this guy sooner or later. I don't think they—why would they say we're going to kill this guy sooner or later? Would, that's what we believe Trump that, might have said is I, in, in Kevin's falsified no, world. No, I think, I think Trump just is like, <laughs> oh, we can— we can kill this Iranian. What Trump thought from all this probably was that this is going to completely destroy the Iran nuclear deal. And I think that's what he's accomplishing by all of this. Just killing the deal and burying it. Yeah. Kill some Iranian. What does Trump care? This guy is linked to terrorism. He wasn't a good person. He was linked to terrorist acts that I'm, I'm sure he helped coordinate or coordinated himself. But still, he's a high-ranking military official. Yeah, there's rules of engagement, and, and we totally abandoned them. Sure. Can you talk about your shirt? Or your bla- is that a blouse? What do you call that? It's a kimono. A kimono. Yeah. Can you it, tell us about like Japanese all it, of a sudden? Is that a jaguar or a cheetah pattern? I think it's cheetah. Or le- leopard. Cheetah. How can you tell? Because I killed a cheetah for this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know I didn't kill a leopard. <laughs> We're going to move on. Do you Shaki? like it? I'm indifferent towards it. You don't like the it's, appropriating Asian it, culture? It's, no, it's cool that it's a kimono. I think cultural appropriation is a bullshit concept, but 
I don't love the pattern. I tell, don't, wait, just, first tell us why you think cultural appropriation is a bullshit concept. Because we live in a globalized society. Why can't I wear a Japanese outfit? Why would, why would someone get offended if someone else wears an outfit native to some other country? I can totally understand why you feel that way as a white man. You don't, you don't know what it feels like for people to appropriate something about you when you are a minority. But appropriate is just a word. It's just someone wearing something that another so, culture wears. So are you, you think it's okay for you to go to Jamaica and have your hair plaited? Yeah, I can do whatever the hell I want to my hair. What, it isn't, I'm going to shave Dan's head next episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to have my hair in certain hairstyles because another society does it already. Or what about, do you think it's okay to wear Navajo headdress? Fuck yeah, he's Navajo. Yeah, I mean, if I really wanted to, I think that would be really odd to wear. Why out, is that more odd than... Because it's, I, it's society doesn't deem it a normal enough headdress. But if I were to wear something a little more societally acceptable, like a kimono or, you know... This is actually a, like a bathrobe that I've appropriated into. Oh, so well, you wear. called it a kimono. You're just wearing a bathrobe. But I'm wearing it as a kimono. This is like a... Like it's a bathrobe. That's a bathroom. Julian Castro <laughs> dropped out. Julian. Julian. No, no, Julian Castro dropped no, no, no. That is an, that's, cult, that's that's cultural appropriation. So yeah. Julian Julian Castro. Uh, Juliana Castro. Call, call just him Julian Castro. This is so Floridian of you. <sighs> Unwilling to like even though you live in a, a Spanish speaking state, you won't even pronounce things with a Julian way. Castro dropped out of the race. All right, I'll start over. <laughs> Julian Castro dropped out of the race this week, yeah. and he was, I, I got to hand it to Julian, he was eloquent. <laughs> he can saying? pronounce words correctly, unlike you. <laughs> okay, Julian Castro dropped out this week, and he apparently gave his 16 votes to Elizabeth Warren. He endorsed Elizabeth Warren. Right, so Julian said- Castro, I thought, was already done and done and done, so this is a bunch of bullshit to me, but he dropped out, <laughs> and he said, hey, everybody, vote for Elizabeth Warren. What kind of effect does that have on Warren's campaign, if anything at all? And I'd say it's zero. I, I just want to say kudos. That was a very good... Pronunciation of Julian. Yes, thank you for that. I still believe that Warren has no path to victory. In all, all the early states, she's just she's going to lose, lose, lose. She's going to get nowhere, anywhere. Why? Could, I mean, just look at the polls. She, she had an early rise, and the polling could change, of course. It always can. But right now, she, it just seems like she has no chance. You have to win states and you have to win votes, and she's not on a path to do that. And it's, it's a little curious that Julian would choose to endorse her, but a lot of people are saying it's setting him up for a vice president. Because sure. So as we discussed, all these white guys who are running are probably going to choose a woman of color, but when you have a, a woman running... A white woman. Yeah. She's going to pick a man of color. For, mm-hmm. So what I am wondering is if the moderate Democrats are going to start freaking out that Bernie stands a chance, they might decide that Elizabeth Warren is the lesser of two super liberal evils, according to them, and endorse her and put their power behind her. So I don't really think it's necessarily over for her in that respect. So you're saying that the the billionaires hate Warren a little bit less than Bernie? Yes. I mean, I know her economic plan, and she's she's much more aggressive with the tax plan, I, I believe, because she created that. I don't know if I'd say more aggressive, but maybe she has a more thought out and planned out. She has a plan. plan. Yeah, she's got a plan for that. Yeah. The billionaires, if they had to choose between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, they might feel they could manipulate her more because she does have that background as a as a conservative, as a Republican. And Bernie has steadfastly been who he is today that he was of yesteryear of the previous century. Back in the 1900s, that's what he was believing. (laughs) 
Warren is a self-proclaimed capitalist. Bernie is a self-proclaimed not capitalist. So I think you're right in saying that Warren is the lesser of two evils. I don't. Those aren't evils we necessarily say are evil, but these are evils for the more moderate Democrats. Right. Who's going to back down Bernie or Warren and support the other? Who's going to combine forces? Somebody's got to combine forces or else this is not going to work ever. Who does your sister go Well, first of all, she's very, very pro-Israeli. Pro-Israel or pro-Israeli? Like she likes one Israeli person. She a likes lot. one. She <laughs> likes my neighbor Leanne, who is an Israeli, and that's about it. <laughs> my sister said, "I think Trump's going to win again." Why do so many people, even liberals, just say Trump's going to win? They obviously, you know, all these liberals obviously don't want Trump to win. I believe it is the PTSD from the surprise of him winning. There were so many people, coastal people, who were so convinced that there was no way that he would win and they would berate people who would even suggest that it was a possibility and that we should really make sure that it's not going to happen. And that's their way of covering their asses. It's a coping mechanism. Yeah, or just, you know, seeming somewhat aware and not totally deluded. Yeah, it's like a woe is me, I think. Self-deprecating humor was very big in 2019, I think. (laughs) It was it's a tough, great fun. It was a tough great year fun. for all of us. <laughs> all white of us. All white of us? <laughs> I like that. You can make a button about that. If you're a white person, chances are you voted for Trump. Yeah, I think more white people voted for Trump than non-white people. It yeah. was 53% <laughs> of white women and white men was might have been 60%. It's like How three out of five. How can there be 60 plus 53 to make 100? No, no, no. 113%. No, it doesn't work like humans. that. 53% of white women voted for Trump. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, I see, and then like it might have been three out of five. So 60% of white men voted for Trump. Six out of five white men voted for Trump. What percent of of <laughs> undocumented people voted for Trump? 100%. Six out of five. <laughs> 150%. What percent of Muslims voted for Trump? Negative 12 percent. Mm. We've got a lot of data. We are not great at math. That's a shout out to Andrew Wang. Yang. Oh, can I tell you guys something? The, yeah, on the next episode, which will be starting on January 10th, daytime, January 10th. So hold on to your knickers, everyone. I felt bad that Andrew Yang didn't make it to the next debate. Why? He's asking for enough money. I'm surprised he's he making didn't. a lot of money. I wanted to donate money to him, but instead of just donating the money, I bought an Andrew Yang branded calculator from his store. And oh did it arrive God. yet? No, it hasn't shipped yet. Is it a TI 84? No, it's just some crappy like eight digit calculator, but yeah. it says Andrew Yang. Yeah, on guess it. what? It's never coming over. Yeah, because he doesn't seem like he delivers on his word. I'm still waiting for my, for my, after I wrote my essay, my $1,000 a month. But the calculator has a cool feature where once a month it just displays the number 1,000. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> no. <laughs> and with that, we're closing out. It is Monday, January 6th. Thanks for watching or for listening, and we'll see for you next time. For tuning in. See you guys. See you next year. Peace in the Middle East. <laughs>